This is Straight Out of Vegas. Straight Out of Vegas! With the voice of Vegas, your host, RJ Bell. Pay that man his money. You are now about to witness the strength of street knowledge. Live from the Vegas Strip, the pregame show America has always wanted. With RJ Bell out, here's Bernie Fratto. You know, we don't talk a lot of baseball on this show, but tonight we have to. Today is the 40th anniversary of the day that the Major League Baseball Players Union voted to authorize the 1981 baseball strike. And I remember it like yesterday. And and you could say, well, you're dating yourself. Well, take a hike with that, okay? It's nonsense. In the words of Mark Twain, never complain about getting older. Many fine people are denied the privilege. And, you know, that summer, George Steinbrenner, the owner of the Yankees, famously said, if Bowie Coon were alive today, we'd be playing baseball. Not so subtle jab that the commissioner had a great inability to oversee that issue and bring it to resolution. That has significance for some subject matter we'll get to later in tonight's show. What about all the pitching dominance? Welcome back to another award-winning edition of Straight Out of Vegas, the weekend adaptation. I'm Bernie Fratto. And as they say in Rod Carew, Minnesota, it's going to be lit. We've got so much to get to tonight. Let's get right to it. And let's bring in a gentleman who knows a thing or two about pitching. Won 93 games in the major leagues, 10-year career. Retired nine straight in the 1978 All-Star Game, including three Hall of Famers. And then has spent 25 years behind the microphone since. Say hello to Larry Sorensen. Larry, how are you? Bernie, I'm doing just great. How are you tonight? Good. Thank you, Larry. And uh, I'm a little curious. It's been like 10, 11 days since the last no-hitter. What the hell's going on? We haven't had one in a while. (laughs) It has been a while. It's been an unusual year. No question about that. And pitching definitely dominating. It'll be interesting to see what kind of rule they adopt and how quickly they do it to turn things around. Let's talk about that. Let's start that with that topic because it's got some people up in arms. I'm not necessarily one of them. So what I'm going to do is sort of make a series of statements, and I'd like you to react to them because one of the things we're seeing now in Major League Baseball is we've just never seen this many hard throwers, not even close. The average velocity for a four-seam fastball 20 years ago was about, I think, 89. Now through Tuesday, there had been 400. I think over 400 pitches in the major leagues this year at 100-plus miles an hour, and the average four-seam fastball now is 94. Your thoughts? Well, a lot, of, a lot of reasons for that. Part of it is because players are training differently. They're training to throw velocity. We're developing guys that are showcase-type players because that's how you get noticed. You get noticed for throwing 95, and that's what everybody wants to do. I think that's a part of it. I think that the athletes have changed. 17 years ago, the average height was just over six feet tall for starting pitchers in the major league. Now it's six feet four inches. So everybody's getting bigger, they're getting stronger, and they're throwing harder. Million percent. And when you're throwing, you know, when someone's throwing 89, 92, you can make a mistake over the center of the plate. But when you're or you check that. You can't make a mistake over the center of the plate because someone's going to hammer it. But if you're throwing 96, 97, you might make that same mistake over the middle of the plate, and you're going to have a problem because the hitter just uh, doesn't have time to square up the bat. Speak to that and how much different it is, how much more difficult it is for a player to hit that type of velocity. 
Well, very definitely. The uh, you know you have less margin for error, the harder that you throw, and so that's what, everything that you look for. We've just taken it to the nth degree right now, and the pitchers are ahead of the hitters. There's no doubt in my mind that eventually the hitters are going to figure out a way to even things up a little bit. They're going to figure out how to hit 95 at the top part of the strike zone with the terrific backspin that guys are getting, and we'll see a little bit more of a return to guys that are throwing the sinkers and the sliders and being successful. I've, thrown, I've toured with a lot of the different major league teams and talked to them about the product that uh, I work with, and there's already some organizations that are taking a certain amount of their draft picks and looking for guys that control the lower part of the strike zone, figuring they're going to be the outliers in the, in the years to come. Talking with Larry Sorensen, 10-year major league pitcher, 25-year broadcaster on this phenomenon of pitching dominance in major league baseball. Here's another thought I have. When you watch some of these games, a lot of these pitchers, their stuff is absolutely spectacular. It's downright violent, and when they locate it, like you just mentioned, it's virtually unhittable. But here's what I also find bothersome, Larry, and these are just observations I'd like you to comment on. One of the reasons strikeouts are so prevalent, it, it seems to me, based on some of these hacks I'm seeing, that it doesn't matter to hitters if they strike out as much anymore, but it really matters to the pitcher. In fact, I don't see pitchers pitching to contact. They're trying to make you swing and miss right after, you know, right on the, right on the first pitch of the at-bat. Your thoughts? Well, absolutely correct that uh, the strikeout has become the elite method of getting the game accomplished and for pitchers that you're exactly right they they don't mind throwing six pitches in order to try for that strikeout swings and misses are the most important thing uh it used to be that you could stay around longer by getting one pitch out and the goal was to try to make soft get soft contact early in the count and get you out that way and hitters definitely don't mind if they don't make contact because they're taking bigger harder swings trying to drive the ball farther, trying to get one run at a time by hitting a home run. And, Bernie, I've got to apologize for my voice. I just got done doing a a five-and-a-half-hour baseball game, nine innings, doing a Southern Conference semifinal game between Western Carolina and and Wofford. And we went five-and-a-half hours, uh, nine innings, ended up with a Western Carolina win. We had six replay reviews. It was a mind-boggling game. Well, buddy, I appreciate you being a trooper. And I know back in your part of the country, it's already Sunday, well into Sunday. And uh, I'm glad to hear college baseball's back. And that's another story. And I'm very much looking to the World Series uh, bracket here that they'll be releasing in a couple of a few days. Uh, and, of course, Larry, you had a stellar career at the University of Michigan. And they came this close to winning the national championship a couple of years ago. In baseball, that is, not football. Uh, one of the things I want to talk about, too, is let's look at this from the hitter's side, Larry. Uh, you hear things like launch angle, exit velocity, slug. Uh, and what I'm hearing is on the major league level, uh, it's becoming golf because everybody's got a swing coach in golf and everybody's got a swing coach in baseball. And a lot of these guys, you know, up, up until about 10 years ago, pretty much almost all former league, uh, almost all coaches were former league, you know, big league players. Not anymore. And I think that has hurt the hitting approach and the way you see some of these guys step up to the plate to do their job. Again, your thoughts on that? Well, with the way the game has progressed into trying for the three true, out, the three true outcomes, the strikeout, the walk, or the home run, everybody's trying for the home run. Now, we have to keep in mind that uh, the launch angle is really just the result. You know, that's the number that you measure after the ball has been hit. 
but you see that there is a certain percentage where when the swing falls within that parameter, the ball goes further. And so that's the area you guys are talking about. But you can't apply the same result when you're looking at different pitches at different places in the strike zone. So I think when we see pitchers that become more proficient at moving the ball around the strike zone, we'll see hitters try to adjust and adapt and get away from that just a little bit. It's just going to take time because this is the current system. It is really, really interesting, though, the way that baseball has progressed outside of the players that look at the game, the former players that look at the the game a little bit differently and we're getting to guys that are more on the technical side that don't have as much on-field playing experience no that is such a good point and one of the reasons you hear this critical tone in my voice is i played the game at a level high enough to understand what's taking place but i must be also be honest larry because i'm going to share phenomenal or a phenomenon with you that maybe you can dissect between 1900 and 1960, there were only 22 times in which a team won a game on the major league level despite its hitters striking out 15 times. Two years ago, in 2019, our last full major league season, that very same thing where a team had 15 of their hitters or more struck out actually won 46 games in one year. And so, and, I, and by the way, in a shortened season last year with 60 games, that same thing happened 19 times. And the Tigers even had a game last year where they were struck out 25 times, granted extra innings, and still won the game. So am I wrong in that maybe the game is just evolving and prosecuting offense is just different than it used to be? Well, I, I think you're exactly right. I don't think you're wrong at all. And, again, there's no shame in a strikeout anymore. So guys aren't, aren't worried about making any kind of contact they can to avoid the strikeout. They're just trying for that one spectacular result, and it's resulted in a different kind of an effort that they give while they're at home plate. And it definitely has changed the game. I think we'll see it go back around, come around. Bernie, we, we talked so many times, everything is cyclical in baseball. And it'll figure a way, the game always figures a way to even itself out and right itself. Somehow, some way. Last time you were on, Larry, we talked about multiple rule changes, including seven-inning doubleheaders. By the way, do you credit Mad Bum with a no-hitter? It was seven innings, but it was a complete game. <laughs> it's a rule in the book. It's a rule in the books, and they put it there for a different reason, right. but it ends up being apl applicable. And I'll tell you another thing. In our game tonight, we had a rule that they're going to have to look at with the instant replay. Men on first and second, ground ball to third base, around the horn, double play. The man is forced at second base. There's your second out. Throw over to first base is very close. Bang, bang, play. Umpire calls him, calls him out, but then the runner from second base goes around to third, and the first baseman, knowing that it's close, throws to home plate where they tag the runner trying to score out, which is actually the fourth out. Knowing that there was going to be a replay, the first baseman was smart enough, as opposed oh, to what Will Craig did the other night. The, the first baseman was smart enough to throw home. They go back and they replay it at, at first and call him out and say that he's safe, but then your third out was made at home, or was it? The ruling, and they had to call the NCAA headquarters to get a ruling. It took 25 minutes. The umpires went back and got the rule book, and they said no. They put the man back at third, went first and third with two outs. 
and replayed it. So really interesting play right there. Really heads-up play by that kid. Kind of conjures up memories. Tremendously smart play. Oh, that good good on that kid. Uh, I, it kind of conjures up memories of the Derek Jeter flip uh, in the 2002 playoffs when Jeremy Giambi didn't slide at home plate for Jeter to have the presence of mind to back up that Aaron throw at first base. Wow, it's all about anticipation. Good, good story, Larry. All right, coming up on the other side, we're going to talk about two things, the future of uh, pitch logics and a project you've been working on, and also uh, the CBA. Larry, 40 years ago today, while you were still a major leaguer, uh, the union voted to strike. They ended up doing it. We'll tell that story on the other side and why that's prevalent now. But one quick question. You mentioned a rule change. I've always said, all right, I can live with interleague play, AstroTurf, dome stadiums, all that stuff, but just don't mess with 60 feet, 6 inches, and 90 feet between the bases. And I'm hearing they're experimenting, in, I believe, in the Eastern League next year, moving the mound back. Is that true? In the Atlantic League in the second part of this summer. They're going to be using it, and Rick White is the uh, is the president of that league, and I've been talking with them to try to get their league to use the pitch logic ball, and it's going to be really, really interesting, and nobody's sure yet exactly what the result of that's going to be. It's going to be a really interesting experiment. Yeah, I always wonder how that might affect your back foot slider if it's got an extra foot of movement on it. Or I don't know. I, you just don't know. All right, we're talking with Larry Sorensen. He's going to hang with us. We've got some really interesting subject matter because obviously Major League Baseball is enjoying tremendous popularity next year, but looming in the corner is another collective bargaining agreement negotiation. And if there were a work stoppage next year, it wouldn't surprise me. We'll check with Larry. Nobody will know more about this than he will. Discover matches all the cash back you earn on your credit card at the end of your first year. Year. It's amazing because Discover is accepted at 99% of the places in the U.S. that take credit cards. Learn more at discover.com slash yes. 2021 Nielsen Report limitations apply. Keep it locked. We'll be back with Larry Sorensen. I'm Bernie Fratto coming to you live from the Las Vegas Fox Sports Radio studios. This is the pregame show you always wanted, so don't go away. You're listening to Straight Out of Vegas. Straight out of Vegas! The great Bernie Fratto, folks. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. We are back on Straight Out of Vegas, the pregame show you always wanted. I'm Bernie Fratto, come to you live from the Las Vegas Fox Sports Radio's studios. We've been joined in the last few minutes with Larry Sorensen, 10-year Major League pitcher, Retired nine straight men in the 78 All-Star Game. 25 years behind the mic, including 15 hours straight behind the mic today. Yes, he is a veteran. Uh, <laughs> Larry, I was near your workhorse, buddy. You logged 280 innings, I think, back in 78. That's unheard of now, but that's a probably a conversation for a different day. The reason I wanted to have you on tonight, uh, so important to me, is because 40 years ago today, May 29, 1981, the Major League Baseball Players Association, which you were part of, voted unanimously to go on strike, potentially, since free agent compensation wasn't being handled in a way that satisfied the union. On June 11th, that's exactly what happened. And the season didn't resume for 50 days, and I believe 56 games were missed, et cetera, et cetera. And by the time baseball came back two months later, it was decided that they would make a split season. All right, so why do I bring that up? Because the CBA looms, again, Larry, the collective bargaining agreement, it expires December 31st. I am not confident they're going to get a deal by next spring training, and it's deja vu all over again, Yogi, because they're having the same situation where the owners have been using the current uh, luxury tax as a de facto salary cap 
talk about how past is prologue and what you're hearing behind the four walls. Well, there are a lot of issues going on, but salary cap certainly is right there at the forefront, and it's something that the the uh, players know that they can't accept in the game of baseball. Baseball has always been a little bit different than the other sports, and, and Marvin Miller did such a wonderful job getting things organized for the players who had been taking, taken advantage of for many, many, many years before the players finally organized and started to get some rights back. And I think everybody should have the right to decide where you want to play after a certain amount of time and have the options to, uh, to move your family to different parts of the country if you choose to live there and work there, and those options are available through free agency. Uh, what I'm hearing is that it's going to be a major fight. There's no question about it. Players hate strikes. If you're not playing, which is the thing that you've raised, you've been raised and trained your whole life to do, you know, there's a void in your life. Players love the game. Players are fans of the game as well. And we did sit out those 50 days in 1981. Remember, like it was yesterday, it cost me about $51,000, which in 1981 was pretty good-sized money. And uh, nobody knew what to do with themselves. But you also felt, and baseball has always been this way, and it's why there is a strong union, is you have to lay the groundwork for people that are coming after you. And that's what it was all about, was looking out for the next guy. I'm not sure that feeling is as prevalent today as it was back in the era when I played and, and for some years after that. But that was the dominant thinking at the time. You know, a lot of times, Larry, they'll uh, baseball folks will try to advance the narrative that behind the scenes they're having conversations and maybe they're making progress. I just don't believe it, Larry. I don't think these things ever really take root until you get near a deadline. Are you hearing that there has been any type of CBA conversation to at least check the boxes on the minor things before they get to the major things? No, I'm not hearing that there's much serious going on, and either it's the best-kept secret in the world, and uh, traditionally it has not been a very good – they haven't done a very good job of keeping secrets between the commissioner's office and the players' association. So it, I, I'm not sure why they wait until there's that sense of urgency and sense of panic, but that certainly has been the history in the game of baseball. Before we get to pitch logic, which is an incredibly – a revolutionary product. If you are a baseball player and aspire to reach your ceiling, you want to hear what Larry's got to talk about in a second. But we've sort of come full circle, obviously, Larry, back in 1994. Uh, you were on the air in Detroit doing morning drive, and that was the year the players walked off on August 11th. They canceled the World Series. I believed all along they would strike. No one believed how serious they were. I believe there's going to be a work stoppage this year. Gun to your head. Do you agree with me or not? Yeah, I'm, unfortunately, I'm afraid that I do agree because I think that uh, the money has gotten to the point that the players have become very much uh, more individualistic, and they don't think as a group, and they don't think in, in a group process for the good of all. We've become a much more selfish society, and mm -hmm. baseball players have become a very big part of that. And it's, well, I'm sorry that you didn't get yours, but I need to get mine, so I'm going to look out for my well-being more so than making sure you're taken care of as well. And if baseball really wanted to take care of everybody, they'd start addressing the minor league situation, which is another topic for another night with the kind of money that's being thrown around. But I think we've just become a lot more selfish, and I think that's, that's got a really good chance to lead to baseball being shut down for a little while. Well, and that's an excellent point. Lest we forget, last year at this time, Memorial Day 2020, the fight had begun. They did not start. 
baseball on July 4th like they hope. And at the end of the day, they never really got an agreement last year. Rob Manfred issued an executive order. Let's save this for down the road, Larry, and we'll want to probably have you on later in the summer or after the season is over. All right, talk about pitch logic. I think it's a revolutionary new uh, a phenomenon with respect to how a player can not only now develop their skills and reach their potential, but it's measurable like so many things else, uh, like so many other things are in life now through a series of technology, uh, uh, you know, developments that, that weren't there in the past. Well, first and foremost, we want players to be as, as healthy as possible while they're throwing the baseball at, at exorbitantly high rates which does take its toll on the body. And what Pitch Logic does is gives you ways to track everything that you do biomechanically as well as all the inf- information about spin rate, movement numbers, arm slot, spin direction. You can actually videotape yourself. So there's four, there's, there are sensors inside of a baseball, and we use Major League Grade Leather. comes from the same factory that Major League Baseball makes their baseballs out of. And uh, we assemble a core that includes the electronics that give you all the different information about your velocity, how many times the ball is spinning, and exactly what it does. Then it connects by Bluetooth to the telephone, so you can actually videotape yourself, turn your your cell phone on or your iPad on, and videotape yourself, and the ball automatically edits your delivery to sync up with the numbers. You can share that to coaches, to scouts, to uh, instant to media social media if you want to do that but it tracks from the minute you start the ball in your delivery all the way until it stops and the information pops on your screen as soon as the pitch is stopped by the catcher or by a net that you throw into it projects what the numbers would be if you throw the ball 15 feet into a net it projects it to what it would be at 55 feet which is the number at which the average release is accomplished by a major league pitcher. Phenomenal tool. You can track everything that it does, and you can start at an early age. When you watch 10- and 11-year-olds starting to look at themselves and being able to help themselves analyze their deliveries, it's a pretty amazing process. So this is a baseball. looks and feels just like a baseball, but it has a chip inside, and it measures uh, multiple uh, statistics with respect to spin rate, velocity, etc., and also can pick up biomechanical deficiencies. Larry, tell people where they can find this, which website to visit, and how they can act on it. Just go to PitchLogic.com. It, uh, it retails for $250. There is a sale going on for Memorial Day. But PitchLogic.com, and you'll find a lot of great information by uh, pitching coaches such as uh, Chris Fetter, who is now the pitching coach of the Detroit Tigers, who was a pitching coach at my alma mater, the University of Michigan. Matt Hobbs from Arkansas, the number one team in the nation, has some interviews that I've conducted with him. We've got a, a coach that we've hired for, down in North Carolina, Corey Martin, who does a, some great instruction on how young players can use this and incorporate it. So we've got major leaguers that are using it. It's in the organization. Some of the organizations have a tunnel designed specifically for pitch logic so that they throw in spring training, and it's used throughout their minor league systems. A lot of the players purchase it themselves to use it. But really from the age of 10 all the way through major leagues, uh, guys are throwing this baseball and finding out how to do it more efficiently, better, and improve themselves with the, uh, with the knowledge that they gain from it. PitchLogic.com. That is Larry Sorensen, 10-year major leaguer, 25 years behind the broadcast booth, behind the microphone, and obviously had a long work day today. Larry, thanks very much for joining us. I appreciate it. I know it's late back there, and you've had a long day. 
Well, my pleasure. Always good to talk to you, and Bernie. I know you're going to want to call me back so that we can talk about that uh, play off the air. It was phenomenal, and watching them try to figure out what's going to be a new rule that'll be incorporated into the rule book. It was fun times. Sounds good. Uh, we both agree that baseball is a thinking man sport. Whenever you see a head up, heady play like that, it deserves mention. Again, Larry, thanks so much for joining us tonight. Anytime, my friend. All right, that is Larry Sorensen, ten-year major leaguer. Milwaukee Brewers, Cleveland Indians, Oakland A's, St. Louis Cardinals, Montreal Expos, San Francisco Giants. Larry's been around a long time and was actually part of the original baseball network many, many years ago. Uh, not only uh, a long baseball uh, a career in multiple uh, modalities, but obviously a huge fan of the game and student of the game. I love that stuff. Can never get enough. Coming up. I've got so much ground to cover. I promised at least one NFL scheduling quirk and oddity for the remaining 15 weeks until the NFL kicks off. We've got some big doings here in Vegas, some prop bet stories, and I'll preview a $4 million handicapping contest that will roll out here this next week that anybody across the nation can get involved here in Las Vegas. But first... Well, let's go to the man. He turned down an opportunity to open up for Bruce Springsteen tonight because tramps like us, baby, we were born to run. It's Bruin Finley with the latest. Thank you so much, Bernie. I prefer opening up for Kenny G. Uh, the NBA first-run playoffs rock on. The Jazz activate a 14-2 run at the end of the game to demoralize the Grizzlies 121-111 to take a two-games-to-one lead. Donovan Mitchell swings 29 points, and Utah head coach Quinn Snyder going heavy on the cliches after the game. Sometimes it's a game. You know, I think you know you can't get too high or too low emotionally, and you got to just keep focusing on execution. The 76ers crunch the Wizards 132 to 103 to go up three games to none. Joel Embiid marvels with 36 points, and Embiid after the game showing his humble side said in part, "Quote: It's hard to stop me if you send a double team or not." Close quote. The Trailblazers skewer the Nuggets 115-95 to level it at two games. Norman Powell mesmerizes with 29 points. The Bucks sweep the Heat after a 120-103 shelling. Giannis Antetokounmpo had a triple-double. NHL postseason, the Bruins agitate the Islanders 5-2 in their second-round opener. The Canadians force a first-round Game 7 after sticking it to the Maple Leafs 3-2 in overtime. Turning to baseball, according to ESPN, police in Georgia apprehended Marcel Osuna on Saturday. He is currently in jail for felony assault after he allegedly choked his wife and flung her at a wall. The normal aggravated assault strangulation charge to a spouse has a sentence ranging from three years to 20 years. The Cardinals and the Diamondbacks, their 13th straight loss. The Giants, Jack Hammer, the Dodgers 11-6 to go up a game against L.A. in the NL West standings. And the Padres, who are first in the West, swamp the Astros 11-8 in 12 innings. With that, we bounce the basketball back to a must-see attraction in Las Vegas. It's our guy straight out of Vegas, Bernie Fratto. And, of course, those are the dulcet tones of the Silver Tongue Devil, Bruin Finley. Thanks, as always, Brian. I'm Bernie Fratto. We are back on Straight Out of Vegas, the pregame show you always wanted. We're coming to you live from the Las Vegas Fox Sports Radio studios. And I want to remind you, enjoy spa-like comfort and save big on your water bill with a Navian tankless water heater. Go tankless with Navian. You can save hundreds on a new ta- uh, Navian tankless water heater with local rebates. Visit Tankless Made Simple. 
NFL.com. All right, the NFL always manages to stay in the news weekly, and the countdown is here. It won't be long. Uh, the schedules were released a couple of weeks ago. We found 15 scheduling quirks, and I've been giving out one a week until the football season. Maybe this isn't a quirk, but you might be interested to know that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers will be featured in five primetime games in 2021 after playing five primetime games in 2020, giving them 10 primetime games in the last two years. Is that a coincidence? Will you tell me? That number matches the total number of primetime appearances the previous nine seasons. Maybe it's because they signed some guy people love and love to hate. His name is Tom Brady. Won't be long, and you'll get to see him on TV again. By the way, I'm pleased to report that for the second month in a row, Nevada casinos have reported $1 billion in house winnings. That means tourism is alive and well and back in Las Vegas. Now, that includes all things gaming, not just sports betting. Big growth over 2019. If you had a chance to listen to me uh, at 10.20 p.m., uh, every Saturday night, 10.20 Pacific, for the last almost three years now, I've done a 10-minute hit with uh, Arnie Spanier and Aaron Torres. And, of course, uh, the man Chris Plank was in tonight for Aaron, who happens to be vacationing in Las Vegas this weekend. And one of the things we talked about tonight was were the proliferation of prop bets in terms of product uh, offerings and availability and back stories. And they never seem to end. Uh, uh, better came out of nowhere a couple of Wednesdays ago and parlayed whether or not LeBron would have a double-double in his playing game versus Steph Curry. He parlayed, uh, parlayed that uh, with whether or not Phil Mickelson would win the PGA at 260 to 1. Put $60 on it. Yeah, cash, $41,000. We're also hearing props about where Julio Jones ends up. Uh, the Patriots are the leader right now because they can offer a first-round draft choice. And uh, Julio Jones wants to consider going to New England. Uh, the Titans are right behind them and the Rams behind them. And on and so on and so forth. But the prop that really got attention the last few days, it involved a very good friend of mine, Chuck Esposito, who's the sportsbook director over at Sunset Station, part of Station Casinos. Uh, they do a great job out there, lots of viewing parties. Chuck put out a prop having to do with whether or not Tim Tebow would score two and a half touchdowns this season over or under. Now, the reason this got so much attention was the only other prop any of us had seen, and it was in places far away, was whether or not Tebow would even score a touchdown this year. And it was 5-1 to one if he did, and minus 800 if he didn't think he would. Uh, there was also a yardage total of 19 and a half over or under. So when all of a sudden now, a prop here in a regulated market like Las Vegas hits the board. And by the way, it had a $2,000 limit. And it gets so much action that it drives the under from minus 125 to minus 165. It got noticed. And several news agencies picked it up, started to talk about it. And I, I started to hear uh, Mike Herman and uh, Jason Smith talk about it at length Thursday night, I believe. So I called Chuck Esposito, he's a good friend of mine, and he, we were talking about the evolution behind the prop and the incredible amount of action he's getting, and it was taken a step further. We are now finding out that through scuttlebutt, there is at least the thought and the conversation that Urban Meyer may be installing Taysom Hill-type plays with Tim Tebow 
who, if you looked at him in film this week, the guy's jacked. He's 6'3", 255. It's not like he's never played football. Not like him and Urban Meyer don't have a history. People keep wondering why this guy gets opportunity. Don't worry about it. Worry about your own life, okay? He gets opportunity because someone wants to give it to him, and it's not because of charity. I don't know where this story ends up, but I do know this. Urban Meyer's not a clown, and if he thinks Tim Tebow can help him win football games, we might see him on the field. I don't know what's going to happen. I'm rooting for it to happen. I will say this, though. This prop bet, to me, is very its metaphorical in that something may be happening here. First of all, I asked Chuck, I said, are there, you know, are, are there any provisos? He goes, yes, Tebow must play week one for this, for this prop bet to be graded action. Meaning, uh, if he doesn't play week one, everybody's tickets refunded. That's what I was told. Well, I asked Chuck, what if he's on the roster, but he doesn't find his way on the field week one? Nope, he's got to play week one. Well, what if he doesn't make... What if he doesn't make the Jaguars roster, but someone else picks him up, picks him up, and he ends in the he ends up in the NFL week four? Nope, he's got to play week one. He's got to play week one. Watch this story; it's fascinating. There have been comeback stories before, nothing quite that sensational because well, Tebow's polarizing because there's just a certain segment of, of folks that just insist on hating this guy. Knock yourself out. But this is a story. This is another prop bet issue. This is an opportunity for us to watch this play out. And if you have strong opinions about it, you can even make a wager on it. And as legalized betting rolls across the country, uh, you know, products become more competitive. They become more creative. And I find this one interesting. It really, really surprised me. Uh, one final thing. Uh, obviously, over the years, Contests in Las Vegas, the Westgate Super Contest, uh, the Golden Nugget Ultimate, uh, Station Casinos, as I just mentioned, over the years, plenty of product offerings to bet in a contest, as it were, or enter a contest, typically a $500 or $1,000 feed. You pick, you know, X amount of games during the week. Well, Circa, the Sportsman 3 contest this year, promises to be one of the most dynamic I've ever seen. Uh, you pick five NFL games per week. You get one point for each correct selection. It's $1,000 per entry, but you can enter up to three times. And the best overall handicap record, Who, if you, in other words, if you finish in first place, you win $1 million. But here's where I find it interesting. There are going to be payouts from second to 50th place. And there'll be payouts to the leaders in each quarter of the 2021-2022 20, uh, NFL season, meaning at the end of the first quarter, if you've got the worst record, you collect $20,000. If you've got the best record, you collect $20,000. And if you've got the overall worst record, you collect $20,000. Double-check the rules. There's so much to cover here. I may have missed something. If I have misspoken, I apologize. Just getting all the information on this, check it out at Circus Sports. All I know is they do a great job out there, and it provides folks a real opportunity. Even if you don't live in Vegas, you set yourself up with a proxy to get your picks in every week. And the proxies do a nice job, too. We'll continue to report on these and other things between now and the beginning of the NFL season. But coming up, you know him, you love him, you can't live without him. It's that time. Mackinac Sports with Mackenzie Rivers is going to preview the four NBA games tomorrow and give some best bets of his own. So keep it locked right here. I'm Bernie Fratto. We're coming to you live from the Las Vegas Fox Sports Radio studios. This is the pregame show you always wanted. So don't go away. You're listening to Straight Out of Vegas. Straight out of Vegas! One of the best in the business, Bernie Fratto. 
We are back on Straight Out of Vegas, the pregame show you always wanted. I'm Bernie Fratto coming to you live from the Las Vegas Fox Sports Radio studios. Before I go any further tonight, I want to thank my broadcast team back in Los Angeles, turning all the dials, keeping us glued together. That would be, of course, Brian Finley, Chris Perfett, and Bo Benson. Thanks, as always, guys. All right, you know him, you love him. You can't live without him. He joins us every week uh, at this time of the show. It is time for Mackinac Sports with Mackenzie Rivers. Mackenzie, I know we're both enjoying these NBA playoffs. For my money, they've been very exciting. And uh, I'm making small progress. I win two, lose one, win three, lose two. It's nothing great. But you've got four games tomorrow we're going to take a look at from a prop perspective. So let's take them in order. The Knicks uh, have uh, been installed as a a four-and-a-half-point underdog against the uh, Atlanta Hawks. And Trey Young, what are your thoughts on the game? Like you said, loving these playoffs, raucous crowds, games that matter, people actually staying in the game the whole time. And like you said, it's difficult to win in the playoffs, even though that's when betting volume goes up because the slate is so much smaller. Usually you got 16 games. Tomorrow we got a quartet of game fours. Difficult to find value on the side, but if you look into these prop markets, I think there's a lot more opportunities. And, I, and this is something that cashed for me last game. I'm going back to it. Derrick Rose over 20 and a half points. They keep bumping it up, but it's, it's still based on his season-long averages when really he's their starting point guard right now. That wasn't the case most of the season, playing a uh, team-high 40 minutes a game for the Knicks. Yeah, he, uh, they finally made his way into the starting lineup in game three. And, of course, his long history with Tom Thibodeau, when he was with the Bulls, he's been their offense, so it's hard to go against that. All right, let's also take a look at, uh, well, game two, uh, Phoenix catching six and a half uh, against the Lakers. Now, this prop will tell you everything you need to know about the Suns, and it's not up, it's not on the board, it's not available. Chris Paul, the props are down. The market is saying, we don't know what's going to happen. If you're going to bet this game, I'd say wait till the first quarter. Watch, see if this guy is actually moving like he's capable of, because the last few games he's been a shell of himself. Really disappointing for Chris Paul. Another another playoff, another historic regular season, and another injury. Difficult uh, difficult time for Chris Paul. I feel for the guy, I do. Interestingly enough, with him not being 100%, it clearly appears to have affected uh, Devin Booker as well, uh, not just from his, his offensive production, but he seems stressed out on the court, and I've never seen him that upset when he acted out the other night. Yeah, he got ejected with about 30 seconds to go, and it's difficult. The best defensive team in the league now only has one target one option that they have to eliminate so he's seeing double teams he's seeing great defenders on him all the time and he's he's clearly frustrated he can't you know without his without his running mate he can't really operate the way he's used to the game uh probably i have the most interest in tomorrow just from a fan standpoint is brooklyn laying seven at boston huge props to the boston celtics they fell behind big in game three but this kid, Jason Tatum, is a bona fide star with incredible offensive skill, offensive ability. Drops a 50-burger the other night, and I don't think it was a fluke. I think if he, he, he might be able to do that just about any night he wants to, which sort of leads to your prop tomorrow. Jason Tatum had never scored over 50 points till April 6th. He's now done it four times in the last six weeks. And we forget we forget how long this guy's been in the league, how young he is. 23, He's only 23 yeah. years old. Yeah. And he just turned 23. That is actually almost to the day exactly how old Michael Jordan was back in 86, that famous 63. 
that he put on Boston. So he can have this moment. He's not going to win the series. I think we can agree on that. But he can have a moment like he did Friday night that will live in his, uh, live in his highlight reel for years to come. So the prop is the over-under of 32.5 points. I'm guessing you're going over on that. I actually like it under because, I mean, he had 50, and the Nets you know, lost the game. So now they're thinking, tape room, video room, what are we going to do next game? Not let him score 50. And you look at the other two games, he was well below 32.5. So I like to go under on this prop, 32.5 points. Interesting. I wouldn't have guessed that. But let's see what happens tomorrow. All right. One of the series that's probably generated more conversation than the rest of them combined simply because of the expectations that the L.A. Clippers have had since Steve Ballmer bought the team. Minus three at Dallas. Your thoughts? Luka Doncic, Luka Doncic, Luka Doncic. Talk about 23-year-old phenoms. This guy's scoring 38 points in the playoffs, best in the league. And you look at nine career playoff games against Kawhi Leonard, Defensive Player of the Year, Paul George, All-Defensive Player. He's averaging 33 points per game in nine playoff games. That would be number one all-time. But it's not all roses for the young kid. He's got some things he's got to clean up. His over-under for turnovers is four tomorrow, and he's actually averaging five turnovers in his nine career playoff games. you got to clean that up, kid, if you want to advance in these, in these playoffs. There you have it. Mackinac Sports with McKenzie Rivers. He'll be back, same bat time, same bat channel next week. Don't miss it. Thanks, McKenzie. All right. That thank is you. going to do it for this week's edition of Straight Out of Vegas. I'm Bernie Fratt. I want to thank Larry Sorensen for joining us. Next up, the man from Nashville who brings it strong. It's time for the Jason Martin Show. Keep it locked right here on Fox Sports Radio.